he was, um, they were playing football yesterday, as they do, and I, I really do enjoy watching um, my boys play, you know, it's just a proud dad. I try to stay in the car more now, Sally, just so you know. Um, just that way I can contain my passion and emotion and my desire to kill people to get close to my children. Um, that way they're safe while I lock myself in my car and watch from there. But um, yesterday was a good test for ours, our team because um, they've been winning by 150 or 200 points every week. They're sitting on top of the ladder and this team's somewhere in the top two or three, you know. Anyway, um, it was a close game, it was a great game, but Samuel is, uh, gets known and is well known uh, among some of the teams because he makes combined squads and stuff like that. And uh, as, as he was playing, um, he was being heckled by some of their supporters, but also a couple in the coaching box. <laughs> anyway... Um, I was in the timekeeper's box, which was probably the perfect time to do that yesterday because it was warm, you know. Everybody else was freezing. I was, Ben Garnham and I were just chilling out in the timekeeper's box. It was cool. Anyway, this is what I saw my son do. So he's being heckled. He just did something that was, was good, was really good. And he runs past <laughs> their coaching team and he stops and goes, and then runs off. I've got Ben Garnham behind me. For those that don't know Ben, um, Ben's part of the house. And Ben just over my shoulder goes, and I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> anyway, it was good to watch them um, have a hard fought win. It was good fun. Anyway, how is everyone? It's much nicer being inside a heated building than even inside that timekeeper's box. Felt for everyone, you know, like at one point I think it was four degrees outside. Yeah, they were freezing, the kids, kids were, free, <laughs> were freezing, but um, it's always nice getting, getting around friends. Sorry? Incentive to play. Yeah, I'm with you, you know, like even if I'm a back man and, and you're cold, you just run wherever you've got to go. Anyway, um, I want to try to bring a word today that I, God has been placing on my heart, and it's a little bit of a play of words different passages of scripture or different translations is probably a better way to put it, uses different words for the same passage. They mean the same thing, but at times there are words that underlie some truth that we can miss if we're only ever reading one particular version of the Bible. And um, I had a verse that came up that just, one word just jumped out, and I I don't know whether I'm going to be able to give it and do it any justice, but I'm I'm going to try you know, I'm going to try to do that to the best of my ability. So I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into James. Um, we're really hanging around chapter 5, but we might look at chapter 1 just for a little bit and we'll see where we go today in Jesus' name, hey? So Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you're present. God, we know that you're always present. Father, we know, Lord, that you live within us. And Lord, I, I know that some would say this isn't the context, but where two or three are gathered, Father, you are certainly there in and amongst them. I thank you, Lord, that we come into this place carrying you, carrying our love for you, carrying our worship and our adoration for you. And Lord, when we come together and it's combined, Father, I love, I just love the puzzle, the jigsaw that you put together. 
So God, have your way today. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Speak to hearts. Continue to heal. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you did for Esther. God, we continue to believe that. For, Lord, as we prayed for Ray and, and Judy with her back, God, and others that we know have got ailments, Lord God, others that are walking through stuff, we're believing that you're going to do a work in their lives today. For those that are listening, those that are hearing, Father, we know, Lord, that you're speaking to them. Lord, that we may walk away from this place more and more in love with you. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. So James, chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. I'm touching on this for now, and then I'm going to leave it alone, and then we'll come back to it later. But it reads, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> yeah, thanks. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. For when your endurance grows, you will be perfect and complete, and you will need no thing. Like, it's a little, it's a little gem. That's an awesome passage of Scripture. Now, uh, just endurance, I, I had a look in the dictionary on Google because if you can't get a direct download from God, you go to Google. They both have a capital G, I think. It does, go to Google. It's got a capital G. It's there in the title. It's their branding. I'm not lying. But endurance actually means tolerance. It means bearing, sufferance, fortitude, acceptance, um, it's to be stoic, it's to show stamina, it's staying power, persistence, it's also patient, so it's patient and it's perseverance. So we need to remember that for later. Is that okay? Tuck that away, put it in your pocket and uh, we'll get there. So James, through, his whole, through the whole book, all of his, the, the, the whole, you know, from one through to, what is it, five? Yes, five, five chapters. Um, is basically keeping a, a same theme, a same thought through, through all of those chapters. And he's really letting us who believe in Jesus know that, hey, I just want you to know, guys, that in your life, you're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have some tribulations. You're going to have some suffering. And I'm letting you know that so that you can stay faithful in your faith to the end. Have a great day. Thanks for letting me write the letter to you. Um, enjoy your suffering. <laughs> that's, that's really what he's doing. He's letting us know that we're going to go through stuff and we have to remain faithful to the end if we're going to run this race called a Christian life. And then as he unpacks it through all of the chapters, he begins to encourage us. Because we're going to jump to James chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. And he says again, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Now, believe it or not, there was a time in my life where I used to run. It's true. I can see that doubt in your face. I look in the mirror and I doubt those days too. But there was a time in my life that I used to run. I was never a great long distance runner. But, you know, we would run on average six to eight k's 
That was what we did for years. It's just what we did. I even ran in the, the you know, the Melbourne Fun Run. Do they still have that? I, I ran that twice and the whole goal for me was to run 10Ks in under an hour. That for me was huge. You know, it's easy for those people that are fit, that weigh 70 kilos, 75 kilos, but stick another 40 kilos on their, ba- on their back and see how they go. Yeah? Because that's what it's like for me when I go for a run. Like, hello, there's extra effort involved. But there's one thing that I learned, and particularly there was one guy who helped me when we were doing those runs, because he really wanted me to succeed and get under an hour, was there were some things that I had to focus on. And two things, really. One was, this is, gonna, this is revelation. It's actually going to end. There is a finish. It doesn't go forever. You're going to get there. Right? And the other one was, just the tree. I just got to make the next tree. I just got to make the next pole. I just got to make the next tree. Oh, dang, is this ever going to end? Yes, it's going to end. Just the next tree, the next pole. Yeah, that's, that's what it would be like. Yeah, because otherwise, you, for me, I'm, I'm quite happy just to stop and walk it. You know? So I learned that I needed those places of focus. I had to focus on the fact that it's going to end and I had to focus just on the next point, what was, what was right in front of me, what was the nearest thing to me. I had to focus on those things. And the longer you run, the further the distance, the more focus you need, yeah? Is that okay? Trust me, you, you, need, you need that. Not only that, you need patience. The longer you run, the more patience you need because the first five, ten minutes is easy. But then you're getting into 30 minutes and it's like, dang, this is ridiculous. I'm almost, like if I was driving, I'm halfway to Melbourne. I could have done two coffees by now. Then you get close to, if you're only running 10Ks, you're getting close to an hour. There's a whole show. I, I could have watched SWAT. Like, hello, what a waste of my life doing this. Imagine the guys that are running a marathon, three hours. Do you know what you can do in three hours? Like, patience, you need Patience. The point of all that is to say this, James is telling that for many of us that this Christian life, this Christian race actually can seem really long sometimes. It just does. Life. And it can seem really long. And if we're going to do this thing as Christians, strong Christians, not with ebbs and flows in our faith, but with our faith that grows, we need to have patience. We need to know that there is coming a time where our Christian life will end Hallelujah, yeah, where we're going to be with Jesus and God forever. That's actually an exciting time, yeah. There is more excitement knowing that you're going to be with God forever than in living your life now, even if you're enjoying your life. There's something about knowing his presence and knowing that you're going to be with him forever that actually can keep you focused every day. It's almost like that one, one tree, one pole, one tree. I'm focused. Jesus is coming. I'm going to be with him forever. Just hang in there. Keep my faith. Keep my faith. Keep my faith. Keep running. Keep running. Yeah? One pole, one tree. Now, I do believe, I don't know about anybody else here, but I'm reasonably certain amongst our leadership that we believe Jesus is coming back one day. You look at COVID and you think, oh, geez, I wish it was now. You know? I look at my home loan. I. I'd love Jesus to come back now and I, as I'm going to heaven, I wave to the bank and say, enjoy the debt. You know, wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be so cool. I would love that. Yeah. Ha ha. I told you I wasn't going to pay it off early. <laughs> you know, like, 
But I believe Jesus is coming back at some point. And I believe that there's an, there's an end, whenever that might be. Yeah? We might live our life and it might be after that. Who knows? But I do believe that there's an end. So that for me is a focus. The Bible tells us that. And that knowledge, again, should give us the motivation to keep believing, keep holding on. Because there are times in our, our life where our faith it just wavers because of stuff that's happening. But we need to be focused. And one of the things I want us to focus on is this. Verse 7 and 8 of the passage that we read actually says the Lord's coming. You know, the Lord's coming and it's near. The Lord's coming. Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return, it says in verse 7. Yeah, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. All right, I'll be patient. Take courage. The coming of the Lord is near. Why do we have to be patient? Now, you've got to think, James is speaking to a whole group of people. So he's asking them to be patient. He's told them that you're going to go through some stuff. So why is he asking them to be patient? Well, I guess a good question is, what have they been going through? What have they experienced? So if you were, if you were but I've done the homework for you, if you were to read all of those five chapters, what you'll discover is this. They've gone through different trials. Yeah? They've wrestled with actually living out their faith and not just listening to it. Yeah? They've sorted through discriminating against others and being discriminated against. They've learned that their faith is dead if they don't live it out. They've had to struggle with what to say and what's said against them. Like this generally, if you think about it, it happens during your life. This stuff happens to all of us, right? They've heard that their will must be less important than God's will. Yeah? They've been oppressed by greedy rich people. And James actually goes and warns them not to oppress others the way that they've been oppressed. They've gone through a lot. And in all of that, James says, hey, it's going to take patience for you guys to live this life. It's going to take patience. And he gives them a practical example of patience. He says, consider the farmers who patiently wait. Now, I'm not a farmer. I'm not, I'm not even a gardener. I've told stories here that are true. I can't grow rosemary. I keep killing rosemary. It's unbelievable that a person can kill. I know, right? Rosemary. I kill rosemary. When people give plants to my wife, she goes, she knows one day they're going to come and they're going to look for their plant. They're never going to find it because it's going to be dead. Because we kill everything. We just, we can't do it. But one thing I learned from my dad and friends who are successful at any sort of gardening and vegetable growth is this. You've got to wait and wait and wait. Like you plant a seed, you cultivate the soil, you start watering it. And even then when it starts to grow, it doesn't give you fruit. It actually has to turn into a plant. And a lot of them have to flower before they actually fruit. It's just you're forever waiting. You've got to be patient. And here James goes, consider the farmers who wait patiently. Look, are you, are you for real? You want me to wait that long? Look, this takes forever. And then, then he has the audacity to say, wait for the farmers who patiently wait for their valuable harvest to ripen. Yeah? I guess for you and I, there's 
a, a little nugget of gold in there for their valuable harvest to ripen because the farmer waits. He wait, it says he waits for the early rains and the late rains. Yeah, one, of, one of the rains establishes the seed, helps it to take root. The other one sustains it so they can actually grow and give fruit. Yeah, the, like God's got it all organised for these farmers. And then, then he says to us, wait like they wait for the valuable harvest. The valuable harvest that he's talking about is Jesus. He's actually talking about the return of Jesus. He's talking about what's going to happen for us through him, yeah? He's referring to that, the coming of Jesus when we're with him in eternity. And, and if you read the word, the idea of being with him for eternity is actually quite exciting because there are a couple of things that, that get eliminated, like fear. You don't have to be scared of spiders anymore, Sam. So... Um, Every heartache will be removed. He's spewing that I said that, but that's all right. Every tear, the Bible says, gets dried, yeah? Every sickness healed. Hate is totally overwhelmed by love. This is what happens when he comes back. Rejection gets trumped by intimacy with God because he wants to spend time with us, yeah? Evil will be slaughtered by his holiness because he's holy. The Bible says Jesus will crush the head of Satan forever and then we'll be with God forever. That's what he's talking about. The fruit that will come to us is worth the wait. Yeah? Is that okay? I think that's awesome. I think that's beautiful. I think that's encouraging. But I reckon there's something else in there for us, for us to take heart with. I mean, if that's not enough already, I think there's more, something for us right here and right now, you know, James was talking about troubles of any kind, trials and tribulations, our sufferings. Check out what it says in Romans, Romans 8.18. 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Now, I know most people in the room, think about your own suffering. Because each and every one of you, and those that are listening at home, me, Mel, every one of us are going through something different. And he says, consider your present suffering. They're not worth comparing. doesn't matter the extent, how painful that thing might be. It doesn't matter. It's not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So in James 1, he says, consider it joy when you go through stuff. Be ready, endure it, because if you have endurance, yeah, you're not going to need anything. And then James starts talking about being patient in, ver in chapter 5. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is, is near. Just as the farmer is patient, we must also be patient. And in amongst all of this stuff that James is saying and, and then what I just read in Romans is this whole bunch of truth that is here, there and everywhere. But if we can actually pull it all together, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. See, our, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. So, so what's the glory that will be revealed to us? And before we even look at that, what are our present sufferings? Like, what are they? Because for different people, it's different things. It could be the breakdown of a relationship. It could be the, the, the loss of a loved one, like the funeral I was at on Friday. It could be a family losing a child. 
It could be someone giving birth and at birth the baby doesn't even breathe. What is our present suffering? Is it a terminal illness? Is it, is it a pain, a debilitating pain that stops us doing stuff? That, that even prevents us going outside of our house? What is our present suffering? And, and what is it that, that feels like it's been delayed a long time? Because another word for patience is stuff that's been delayed. I can't help but thinking of people that I know in this house that in their present suffering, in, that they have to be patient like the farmer's patient, that they have to endure something that's been delayed a long time. How many people are still waiting for healing? How many people have been praying for a loved one to come to the Lord, but they still don't walk with him and have gone off some tangent somewhere? How many people have been waiting for a breakthrough? Believing, holding on. Yes, I believe in you, God, but when? See, when we're patient, when we endure, it's a suffering, it's a trial, it's a tribulation, it's a long delay. It's a long delay. And sometimes in our long delay, in our suffering, the word here suggests that like the farmer that sees fruit, will see fruit and will be blessed. But how does that work? John 20, 29 for me is a passage of scripture that I think gives us hope. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I know this is talking about you know, someone's relationship with Jesus, but let's, let's dig this a little bit deeper. Yeah? Let's be real yeah, for just a moment. You know when you're walking through something and, and, and you begin to question God? Why? Why? Why is this not healed? Why is my knee not right? Why is my back? Why did my father? Why did why did why did my child? How come they were? Why did their marriage? God, why? And then you might be a person that is in such deep suffering that not only do you ask why, you say why me? God, I know that you're real. I don't even know if you love me. Why am I going through the... I know it's no one here. But I've heard enough stories and walked with enough, enough Christians to know that even when we put on a brave face, there are just times in trying to be patient in our long delay. Why haven't you healed my husband? Why is he still in hospital? Why can't my wife move? Why can't my husband get out of bed? Why is he losing his memory? Why is this happening? God, if you're so good to me, why aren't I seeing it? There's something in that place that says even when you don't see God in the midst of your suffering, you're blessed are those that see God in everything that they go through. Amen for you. God bless you. That's awesome. But for a majority of people, they don't see God in everything that they go through. And the Bible says, blessed, 
blessed. Blessed are those that actually can still believe even when they can't see me, even when they can't feel me. Blessed are those in those times, in that long delay. There are just times that we have to hear this. When we still believe, blessed are, blessed are we, blessed are you. When, you. when you still have faith, blessed are you. When, when you can still worship and praise him in the midst of your suffering, your present suffering. Blessed are you. And then Romans, we'll go back to Romans. Don't compare your present suffering, but be patient. Endure. For no matter how bad, how hard, how long you've been walking through this thing, it doesn't compare to the glory to be revealed in you. So what's the glory that will be revealed in us? Romans 5 verse 3, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character then hope. You and I, if we're to walk out this life the way that James wants us to, he's telling us we're going to have trouble, so be patient. Yeah, But if we're going to really walk out this, this life, what we need to know is, is that Another word for perseverance in this particular passage is in fact patience. And suffering and patience go hand in hand. But wait, not only suffering and patience, but patience and suffering. See, they're interchangeable. Sometimes the suffering comes first so that you can be patient. But other times you need to be patient because suffering's coming. And as Christians, we need to know that because once patience and perseverance, and so many of us can lack this at times, yeah? Once that's been formed in us, it says that our character is being formed. What it's saying is that we're actually coming now finally to a place of maturity in our faith. Because James 1 verse 2 to 4 says, For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and you won't need anything. So maybe if we're still struggling, it's because we're not patient. Maybe if we're still struggling, it's not the suffering, but it's the fact that we're not persevering and we're not enduring. And because we're not doing that, it's not forming the character that Holy Spirit wants to form in us. That's just one pole, though. <laughs> That's just one tree. Because... Now that we're being matured in our faith and our character is being shaped and formed in us, because we've been patient in our suffering, because we've persevered in those long delays. Romans 5 verse 4 says, the culmination of all, all, all of that is hope. And we're not talking about a dictionary hope. We're not talking about wishy-washy, fingers-crossed hope. We're talking about a sure hope, a confident hope. And that hope, his name is Jesus. He is our hope. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope yeah, fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. Is it saying that you may overflow with, I just know things are going to happen? No, so that you may overflow with Jesus because his character has been formed in you. 
Colossians 1.27, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us. So we read earlier that there's a glory that's going to be revealed in us. Romans 8.18. We also read that if we're patient, if we persevere, if we endure, we'll end up with a character that won't need anything that's formed in us and it leads us to this Hope, Romans 5, um, yeah, chapter 5. And then we just read that Jesus is the hope of all glory. So when James says in, in verse 8 of chapter 5, you too must be patient, take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Yes, the coming of the Lord is near. He's physically going to return one day, but it's deeper than that. He's going to appear. He's coming soon. Where? To a theatre near you? No, inside of you. Inside of you, he's going to be revealed to people around you inside of you. He's going to be revealed to you inside of you. He, it's not just a theology that we said yes to Jesus and he comes and lives within us. Now it starts to overflow. The hope overflows. Jesus overflows. All because in our suffering we were patient and we were patient when we went through our suffering. So be patient. I don't know who it's for. Give me someone listening. Hang in there. Endure. Christ is being formed in you. Doesn't the Bible says that we're, doesn't it say that we're being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory? The glory to be revealed. For the coming of the Lord is near. It's happening inside of us. People will discover Jesus through us. When they see how we walk through our suffering and they see our patience and endurance, when they see how we, we patiently endure our long delays. You know, even though life is difficult. I, I love this. In, in, in chapter 5 of James, verse 8, it reads, You too be patient, take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Some translations for take courage actually use the phrase strengthen your heart. Yeah? Strengthen your hearts. There, I think it's the ESV actually uses the word establish. Be patient and establish. See, what's being established in us is God. What's being established in us is Jesus. What's being established in us is the hope of glory. And our hearts need to remain strong. Why? Because even though life is difficult, strengthen your hearts because the Lord is coming near. Near, yeah? Even though we may suffer trials and stuff, strengthen your hearts because the Lord is coming near. Even at times that, that we may not know how to live for the Lord because we don't have the wisdom, strengthen your hearts because the Lord is coming near. Yeah, even when we may be oppressed by others, strengthen your hearts because the Lord is coming near. Even though we may struggle with temptations that, that just come up in life because of the struggles of life, strengthen your hearts because the Lord is coming near. Even though we don't have all the answers, even though we don't always act the way that Christians should at the football when you're barracking for your, for your sons because someone's pushing them, strengthen your hearts. Because the Lord is near. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, 
Consider it an opportunity for joy. Why? Because there's something that's been formed within us that can never be taken from us. And it actually grows in ever-increasing glory. And his name is Jesus. James is trying to encourage you and I. He's giving us comfort. I just want to say, I think we can do it. I think you can do it. I think I can do it. We just need to hang in there. We need to be patient and we need to persevere and we need to endure. Can I ask everyone to stand for a minute? Emmy, can I have the keys? Would that be all right? Because I want to pray. I reckon there's no one like you. That one. Yeah, just, that'll be nice. Here's my thought. That there are times in the dark when no one else is around. Our faith's not wavering, but we're just questioning stuff you know I've never gone through this before why now how long for what reason God if you love then how come this day our God our Father Abba Papa he wants you to know that it was never his choice. He didn't instigate it. He didn't create it. He didn't form it. He doesn't bring bad things into your life. He's a good God. But he uses all things together for good. And this day, he wants to say, because I'm forming Jesus inside of you. Every time you go, why? You're a step closer. So Jesus being formed in you. He's already there, but he's maturing. Character's forming. Hope is building. How come, God? What was that season about? I don't get that. I've given everything. I'm forming Jesus in you. Hang in there just a little bit longer. Endure just another night, just another season. Just make it to the next pole. Run to the next tree. The end's coming. Man, when you see it, when you've endured to the end, you won't need anything. You won't need no thing. Nothing, it says in James 1. So with every eye closed, just for the moment, don't worry about the person next to you. If you're at home, don't worry about anybody that's beside you. This, this is just between you and Father. You know those nights, those moments, the questioning. Why is that pain still there, God? Why did it come back? It was healed and now it's there. You know those moments. Endure, persevere, 
hang tight in the long delay because your character is being shaped and formed. It's a glory that's going to be revealed through you and in you to those around you. If you know you've had those moments, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Sometimes you just need to be told, God's actually in what's going on at the moment. He's not forgotten you. He's not turned a blind eye. It's not that He doesn't know. He's just using it to do what only He can do and form in you the character of His Son, mature, full of faith, that after your suffering you can pray and someone will discover Jesus. That after even walking through your pain in your long delay, holding on to your faith in your own brokenness, that you can pray and someone will be healed because He's formed Jesus inside of you. Perseverance creates character and character hope, hey? If someone needs to take courage, if someone needs to strengthen their hearts right now so God can do the work that He's doing inside of them, I just want you to raise your hands. This is just between you and Him, no one else. In all of life, circumstances strengthen your hearts because He's coming near. Verse 8, actually, I'm not even going to talk about verse 8. Verse 8 talks about don't, don't grumble, don't argue with your brothers and sisters. Do you know why? Because by that stage, because you're patient, He's living inside of you. And when Jesus is living inside of you, He's not going to argue, grumble or point the finger at any other believer because they're being created and formed and forged into the image of Jesus just like you. And He loves each and every one of us identically. Showing us favour. We're all his favourites. So Father, this day, today, we ask you, God, that you would give us the courage that we need to be patient. Father, that you would give us the courage, Lord, that you would help us to strengthen our hearts, that we would consider it pure joy while we're going through our stuff, even when it hurts, because we know, Lord God, there's an end in sight. We know, God, that you're doing a work. Father, we know that you're using that to bring us to maturity. Father, I thank you for those that have been through such a tumultuous time in their lives, yet they still believe. Blessed are those, God, that in their pain and in their struggle, God, Lord, they've still held fast to you. They've still, still professed you as, Lord, their God. Father, their faith may have been battered, God, but they have not let go. Strengthen their hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Lord, this day, each and every one of us that are here, that are hearing, God, I pray that as we walk away from this day, from this sermon, Lord, from what you're doing, Holy Spirit, that we would actually get a glimpse of what you're doing within us. Lord, that you would, Lord, give us hope because of showing us that little piece of the puzzle, that jigsaw piece that we've not seen Lord that we might know where it fits that we may have an idea of the picture at the end I thank you God that you truly use all things together for good I thank you Father that you have never left us or forsaken us I thank you Lord not only Lord do you take a broken vessel God but Lord you spend our lifetime in forging us into the image of your son Jesus and Father for that we say thankful 
For that, we are grateful. For that, we say yes and amen. Truly, Lord God, there is none, none like you. Amen. Be encouraged. Stand tall. Be patient. Persevere. Endure. Because God's doing a work in all of us. Sometimes we just need to know what He's doing. He's got you. It's not the end, but the end is coming. Jesus. Inside of the heart that He's placed you, where that hope will overflow. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your lunch. Enjoy your fellowship. Enjoy your catch-up. Enjoy your coffee and your tea. And um, be blessed. In Jesus' name.